Okay, we're in Mark chapter 12. That was the sermonette. We didn't start the sermon. We didn't start the teaching. That's just prelude. That's just a warm-up here, okay? Mark chapter 12. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, as we saw last week, the Sadducees came to Jesus, and he, he said to them, You greatly err, not knowing scriptures or the power of God, and we do not want to greatly err in either one of those categories. So, Father, illumine our understanding. Help us to be on board. And, Father, we lift up this, this ministry where, Lord, I don't care if people are addicted to pornography or cigarettes. I don't care. We shouldn't be addicted to anything except ministry and loving you. And, Lord, I, I hope they never cure that and they never find a cure for the love that we have for you. I hope they, uh, but all these other things, Lord, we, we don't want it. We won't have it. Oh, not on our watch. And Father, you've given us power to tread on snakes and scorpions. There's some nasty snakes around here who think they can just take people and put them into the captive, um, captivity of a, addiction. And Father, we, we, we pray freedom over these. We, we pray that many will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as you break the bonds of their captivity. We pray you'd use this ministry and others as well. Lord, if there's other churches around here doing drug and alcohol, uh, ministry about, uh, you know, for purity, about uh, pornography and things of this nature, Father, we pray your blessing on all those who name the name of Jesus Christ in this area. But Father, we specifically pray for this church, the work of these men and women who are, for a long season, have dedicated themselves to be on the front lines, to give the gospel, to, to be Johnny on the spot, your, uh, your hands and your feet, as it were, to let people know that you love them and there's a way out of their addictions. Lord, we pray you'd bless this ministry mightily these days, and we all agree. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 28, we're going to go 28 to verse 44. One of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? You have it in different translations. Say, what's the primary? What's the most important? What's the first commandment in the order of priority? Not the first commandment. We know the first commandment. No false gods, okay? But that's not what he's asking. 613 is the way the, they, they broke it up. And, and their commandments, look, uh, be fruitful and multiply. That's a commandment, the way that the, 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 the um, you know, the uh, rabbis looked at it. So, the, you know, and, and, and then a, and a lot of this, half of them are commandments that you're supposed to do, that you're obliged to do. There's about a half of them are commandments that you're obliged not to do. And they had them in different categories. Okay, this one's okay, but in this category, in this classification they had kind of all this neat little and if you're trying to get through God to get to God like the rich young ruler by doing and not doing you always wonder am I doing enough am I not and by the way that's a horrible way to live trust me what a horrible way to live been there done that and I look at everybody else and it was very judgmental well I'm ahead of this guy he's not doing nothing I'm ahead of this lady she's opposite she's bad um, but I'm trying to be good I'm not very I'm not as good as I could be or should be nobody's perfect but am I doing enough 
Horrible way to live. Horrible way to live. Uh, but if you live in that lifestyle, don't you think at some point, what is enough? What one thing? If I, gotta, I can't keep the law. I've tried it and failed. And if you're honest, you always come to that place. I can't do it all. But if there's one thing, if there's one thing I can focus on, and now is that what this guy is asking? Now, when we read the Gospel of, I think it's Matthew or Luke, I can't remember, it says the scribe came tempting him. And it wasn't tempting, soliciting to do evil, but it was testing. And that's okay. And I don't think Jesus would be, now some are testing and they're trying to trip him up. This whole backdrop here is there inspecting the lamb, the lamb of God. They don't know that they're doing that, I'm sure, but they're inspecting the lamb to see if he's kosher for Passover. But, no other way to put it. Uh, I think it's the best way to put it. They, everyone would bring a lamb to Jerusalem. You can't come in with that funky three-legged lamb and think that God's going to accept that sacrifice. So they're looking for spot or blemish. And they were instructed to. Okay? Now that's what they're doing. I don't know if they know they're doing that. And here, he's, there's no spot and there's no blemish. And I think we all know the outcome of this inspection process. So is this guy, is he testing him? Yes. Is he want to know the answer? Well, he tell me. I think to those who try to keep the law, they want to know the answer to this question. What's the most important thing? If God would have you do one thing, what's the one thing? Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now you know this is the Shema. Shema, hear. The Jewish word for hear. Like Shmuel, heard of God. Samuel, Shmuel. Uh, um, by the way, one of his apostles, Shimon, Simeon, Simon, New Testament, Simon, Peter, hearing. God says, you hear too much, dude. <laughs> and you're shifting because what you heard, the last thing you, you like that? Because I'm like that sometimes. About things like, you know, his diet, nutrition, what do I know? I'm not a nutrition Nazi. And God bless you if you are. I say Nazi because they both start with N. But I, God bless you. I think it's a wonderful thing if you feed your family and care for them and try to promote their health. That's wonderful. If you're that person. So this one says, okay, you've got to eat this, 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 and this, this. The next person comes and goes, you can't be eating that. That's and, and I kind of believe the last one I heard. I go back and forth because I hear a lot. And, and I don't know that much about, there's some things that are kind of common sense, you know. Ice cream sundaes, the new health food, right? Get your milk that way. and No. I mean, I know that much, right? Uh, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, I hear and I hear and I kind of, and it shapes my thinking. And that's fine for a lot of things. It's not fine for God. God wants you solid rock. So he says to, you know, Simon, you, your name's Simon? I'm calling you Rocky. And I think that's a shift in his personality. I think he becomes a lot more solid and a lot more rocky after that. The Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is the most important commandment. Boy, they, they, th they think so. If you go to a Jewish home, they have a mezuzah. It's where they write their it's a little scripture. It's in a little compartment, <laughs> and it hangs on their house on the doorpost, and they 
touch it, kiss their hand, touch it, and uh, when they go in or out of the house. Fine. That scripture is very important to me, they're saying. Well, I think it's very important as well. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The word for one there means compound one. It's the same one. Because there's a, a group of Christians that believe in, they call modalists. That's one of the questions. This is their proof text. God is one. What's your problem? Trinitarian, right out the window. No. No, it's, if this is your proof text, you just prove the opposite because it means compound one. Like the two shall be one flesh. You got two, but they're one. We, we, we get it. We understand that. You know, that coming together of, of physical, to be sure, but soul and spiritual. It's a, it's a oneness. Uh, God has joined them together. Let no man cut, put asunder because there's a oneness there. And he uses that word for oneness in the Old Testament and it was translated in the New Testament as the same thing. Okay, so if that's your proof text that there's no trinity, yeah, one, you're scripturally wrong, but two, come up with another proof text because that proves the opposite of what you're trying to, what you're trying to aver. Okay, just... This is it. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. It's only a three-part thing when he reads the Shema. And here it's four parts. He adds mind, I believe, is the one. Because I think it says heart, soul, and strength in uh, Deuteronomy 6. And here he adds mind. Well, he can't do that. You can't change scripture. Um, Excuse me, <laughs> the one who wrote Scripture can change Scripture. Now, you and I, okay, we're in a pickle when we try to change Scripture. But he just says, with your entire being, love God. Now, if I were to ask you if you love God, you're going to say yes. When I first got saved, I, I remember somebody saying, well, it doesn't matter, just so long as you love the Lord. And I thought, like, I love God. I'm not exactly sure of that. I mean, I'm very thankful. I really appreciate getting saved. But I didn't know if I loved the Lord. Is that hard to admit? Not really. I kind of like was open to the possibility. And then I, you know, I just kept pouring a scripture and pouring a scripture. And I, t- I told you, I've, I've read through the Bible 43 times now. Say 43 years. To know him is to love him. It can be said, it can be said about him. The more I know about something, the more I'm thinking, eh, I know where all the bodies are buried. I know all the quirks, all the idiosyncrasies, all the, can I just say it, sin. People like me. And then they learn about me and they're thinking, oh. <laughs> maybe he's not so likable. And this is the way it is with most people. It's not that way with Jesus. The more you know about him, the more you know about him, the more you love him. Can I say right now I love Jesus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely can say that. I don't think anyone would give me a lot of pushback. Do I love him with my whole, uh, my whole heart, my whole soul, my whole mind, my whole strength? Ooh. Every day? All the time? Me and Susan talking on the way down here about, you know when like, you, get, you, you watch something on TV or a movie or... We're talking about like you walk into the garage, they got the calendar there, you see it. Ugh, no good, no good. I don't but it's there. It's and there are things that get in the computer that kind of cool us off about the things of the Lord. And the default buttons set on drifting. 
And we have to work to put spirituality in. And a prayer, and I think this is a really good prayer, one of the prayers I pray, Lord, I, 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 there was a time when I think I loved you more than I love you right now. We can't have that. You don't want that. Now I can try to pull myself up by my own bootstraps and love him more. And that works not so well. You know, in the power of the flesh, can we do anything really super spiritual? I think the will to be involved, that, that's good. Lord, I, I don't love you as much as I should. Can you set me on fire so that I'm just... I want to be obsessed with you. I want to be consumed by your greatness, your, your holiness, your, your great goodness to us, your mercy. Your... I have to believe that's a prayer that he's going to answer every time. It looks like it is that way in my life, but that, that comes and it goes. It wanes. I don't, I don't live on that hyper... I wish I did. And so, you know... That, that, that prayer is a... But that's, that's the answer to the question, okay? That's the first commandment. Second, it's, 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 it's... The second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none of the commandment greater than these. Now, the guy asks for one, he gives him two, because that's who Jesus is. You always get more bang for your buck. And it's two for day, and so you want the... the but you can't love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength without loving your neighbor as yourself. So he has to add that. And then if you do those two things, you've got it. You've got it. I, you know, a uh, sister's asked me today about, you know, because she had a conversation with a, a family member about what you can wear and what you can't wear, things like this. I always think majoring in minors, like a lot of people just say whole thing. It's the whole thing. You don't, you don't tithe. You're not going to heaven. You're robbing God. Malachi chapter 4. And we look in now, let's fold over Revelation where no thief, covetous, and it talks about, you know, the homosexual. The, and it's a big long list. And one of the things is thief. No thief goes to heaven. You don't tithe, you're not going to heaven. Just that easy. Like how I arrive at that. Really? Really? That's your whole thing? Like the tithe? That's your whole thing? Really? I got a good idea. Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Just love him and love your neighbor as yourself. It presupposes you already love yourself, by the way. Because these heretics run the landscape. Talked to a guy this week. I might go over today. I might just, I was talking to a guy this week, you know, and he was talking about, like, relationships. And he said, I, I talked with this girl. She's not a girlfriend, just a girl. And I realized that, we realized that, you know, um, for me to really love somebody, i got to know what I like. i got to know what I want. And I've got to examine me and know me before I know what is going to please me. And I said, God, men of God that I am, you idiot. I said it with love. I said, if you're going to look for something, because he's trying to find himself, so you look for something worthwhile. There's plenty of navel-gazing around there. How many of you know that the primary way to be miserable in your whole life is try to be happy? Happiness, joy, is a, is a result of living a godly life. And when you find that person, you just can't live without. And you think, you know, there's an outside chance. Maybe, just maybe, I can make them happy. That's the person, okay? It's not, will she or will he make me happy? That's 
a recipe for divorce. You understand that, okay? I, I just want that said, all right? Uh, no, you love your neighbor as yourself. Self-sacrificially, prefer the other over you. You already love yourself. So don't try to give me this, you know, this is a, a commandment of self-love. Jesus knows you're already obsessed with yourself. We know you're obsessed with yourself. We saw your Facebook page, okay? We, we know you're all about you, okay? Listen, there's no bigger selfish jerk I know than me. I'm just telling you. I think of myself all the time. I wish I didn't. I wish I was obsessed with others as much as I was obsessed with me. I'd have an outside chance of keeping this commandment. You do these things, you've got it, is what Jesus is saying. The scribe said to him, well, Master, thou hast said the truth. Well, Master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all thy soul, with all thy strength. He got it. He gives back what Jesus gave him. That means you got it. And to love his neighbors himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Where are they? They're in the temple. Uh, yeah, I see that. This, yeah, uh, what you're saying is more than all the burnt offerings, more than all the sacrificial system, more than all the... Because he could have said, I want you to do the most important one is burnt offering, sin offering. Most important commandment is uh, honor your parents. Most important commandment is, he could have said a lot of things. Carte blanche, the most important. And this is what Jesus settles on. I have an idea he didn't even pause, even a nanosecond. And the guy gets it. When Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, verse 30, 34, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Before we look at the rest of that verse, did he make it? Sometimes you just don't know. The rich young ruler, did he make it? Oh, I always, I'm the guy who always like wants the, you know, the happy ending eternally. Gee, I hope he did. Will we see this guy in heaven? Listen, we're going to know pretty soon. <laughs> just, <laughs> just telling you. Uh, I'd like to think so. But being close. I mean, look, at, is this guy in hell right now? Walking around like, I was this close. Oh, man, I was just this close. What do you get, like a runner-up medal? Don't be close. Don't be close. What's the answer? Trust Jesus for your salvation. Now you who trust him, give him your whole everything. Love him with your whole heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you're close like this guy, close, horseshoes and hand grenades, right? Heaven? I don't want to be close. Okay? After that, no man dares ask him any more questions. Why? Because <laughs> they're tired of getting whopped. The Pharisees and the Herodians come. Hey, taxes or not? He can't answer that question and win. But he does, and he does win. Jesus won. Pharisees, Herodians, zero. So that's the Sadducees' turn. Okay, this guy married and just unsuccessful, did, died, and next one up, and see, there's no resurrection. Jesus embarrasses them with his answer. 
Now, if you keep in score, Jesus too, Sadducees, Pharisees, and scribes. I mean, Sadducees, Pharisees, and Herodians, zero. Next one up, scribe. He asked a question. Jesus answered. Jesus, three, religious leaders, zero. Okay? Be on the winning team. Jesus always answers your questions. You think you have a question that he can't answer. Listen, this is a pastor's loving heart. You are ridiculous. You are ridiculous. Will he answer your questions? Well, he's not required to. But if you have honest doubts, if you seek him, you'll find him. You do know that. Why don't people find Jesus more often? Why don't criminals find police officers? Because they're not looking. They're looking to get around. And I think that's most of our problem most of the time. Sorry, I've been around a long time. I've seen some stuff. Oh, there's no God because and somebody says something really ridiculous. Why? Because they don't want there to be a God. That's the long and short of it. No one asked them any more questions. So it's Jesus' question to answer time. Jesus answered them while he taught in the temple. How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? And by the way, you have to know this. That Christ is the son of David. Messiah is the word. But beyond all that, for David himself said by the Holy Ghost, I don't know if we want to go and look at that. The Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord. And once he is he then his son. How does your son become your God is the question. And they, he wants them to know about his deity. And the whole thing is about deity. This doesn't work in any other scenario except in Jesus Christ, who is the seed of David and David's creator. You can see this in Luke. You have Jesus on both ends of the genealogy. You know, the son of Adam, who is the son of God. <laughs> so we see Jesus on this end of the, of the spectrum, of this end of the genealogy. We see him because it goes through his birth, through his mother Mary. And we see him on both ends. This only works with Jesus Christ. Okay, you're not your own great-grandfather. Okay, even time travel, just forget about it, didn't happen. All right. But it works with Jesus Christ. And he is David's son, and he is David's Lord. And he asked people that, and they wouldn't come up with the answer. And the common people heard him gladly. This is a... It's talking about his divinity. Um, yeah, let's go there right quick. Uh, I think that's Psalm 110. Or Psalm 120. Or Psalm 110. I, I got... I'm old. I don't, if you've got, you got a gloss there, you can help me out. Huh? One ten sounds good. Yeah, it's Psalm one ten. See, my faltering memory comes through in a clutch. Psalm one ten, verse one. The Lord said unto my Lord. Says the Psalm of David. Jesus says the Psalm of David. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. How can God say that to anyone? Oh, is he talking to himself? By the way, well, no. It works if there's Trinitarian God. The Lord, all caps, right? Yod-Heh, Vav-Heh. We kind of associate that with 
Father God, but it's also true of Jesus Christ as well. Said unto my Lord, Adonai, it's still a term for God, okay? And it's correctly translated Lord. Sit thou at my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. Is that going to happen? Yeah, we, read some, we, we all know Psalm 2. Um, by the way, let's read the rest because we're right here. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Zion always is talking about the kingdom. Uh, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The yod heh vav okay, the name of God, right? We know that. Said to this guy, this other one, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to Jesus. We all know that from Hebrews. We've studied that exhaustively. Who else is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek? Jesus Christ is. Uh, the Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. Is that going to happen? You know, I, 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 I watch the news and I kind of laugh. Everyone's got their plan. Great reset. Jesus says, yeah, I got my own great reset. Thank you. Um, at the end... You know, Schwab or whatever world leader, not going to have their way. Jesus Christ is going to have his way. And that has to give us some sort of relief in the days that we see, we watch the news and stuff. We got, that's got to bless our hearts on some level. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. Wow, that's pretty violent. Yeah, you stand against Jesus Christ. That's a good idea. No, I'm, you, I've said this. I'm not shy about saying this. Jesus loves you. He'll save you. You'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Or you'll be bird food at Armageddon. There's no, there's no in-between ground. Does he want to judge you? He judges sin. He's a righteous judge. He judged sin at Calvary, except what happened there. Or... <sighs> He shall drink of the brook in the way, therefore shall he lift up the head. Time for that some other time. Let's get back to Mark chapter 13. Uh, the common people heard him gladly when he taught about David being, David's teaching on the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou at thy right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. Jesus is going to make, uh, God's going to make Jesus' enemies his footstool. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace and the chief seats in the synagogue and the uppermost room at feasts, which devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. Question on homework this week is Jesus loved these religious leaders. Oh, yeah, Jesus loves everybody. This is harsh language, you must admit. But I think it's, I, I say tough love. I, I, I don't like that term. I never like it. it. It's just love. But sometimes love takes on its nature. If, if, somebody's, if you love somebody enough and they're into drugs and they're going to kill themselves and it's only a matter of time and you know it, just say, oh, God bless you. Just go your way. 
I hope it all ends up good for you. You will do whatever you have to do, won't you? It's called love. I think Jesus loves them. Now in Matthew, it's, it's kind of less obvious. I think it's chapter 22. He goes off on them for like, I think there's five, maybe six, seven indictments. He goes off on them. Just for, and he goes, whoa, the Pharisee, you, you do this, you do this, you do this. And here it's just a little very brief. But it's still a condemnation. And it's a woe. When Jesus says woe on your life, listen, repent. Remember we talked about a couple weeks ago. He comes and he cleans out the temple. Your body's a temple. What tables would he overturn in your life? Well, you don't have to stand and answer. I don't, I'm not looking for an answer, but are there things in our lives that he would just say, uh-uh, that has to go. Me? <laughs> I've, I've experienced this the last 40 years. I mean, you know, and every time I get to a place where I think like, whew, it's all cleaned out now, either I develop another issue or, or there's something he's going deeper and saying, we need more cleansing. He does that. Why? Because he loves us. And he will set the captive free. And I want that deep clean. I, don't, I know. Isn't that what we're all after? The, the image of Jesus in our heart and in our soul? Uh, beware of the scribes. They, you know what they love? They like their uniform. So people say, oh, that's a scribe. Oh, my goodness. They love salutations in the marketplace. Ah, good morning, Rabbi. You know, they love that whole thing. The chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts, when somebody invites them, they just assume they're going to get the, because I am God's man. I am so awesome. They love that. I think I might be attracted. I think I might love that. So I just try not to have any, I got, like I discourage titles. You want to use a title for me? How about brother? I like that one. I call people brother and sister. Your name is nice. Most people like to be called by their name. Yeah, I think I could get to that place as well. God, deliver me from that. I don't like uh, plaudits, accolades. I don't, I don't, because I like them. I mean, I think it would corrupt me. I think I... I don't want to be that guy. They devour widows' houses. Oh, God help me. I don't think I've ever been that guy. I don't ever want to be. They devour widow ha widows' houses. And for a pretense, make long prayers. They shall receive greater damnation. This old widow lady, right? She's got no kids. Her husband's died now. She's got property. She's got inheritance. And so they stand there and they pray and pray and pray and pray. So she feels guilty about not giving everything she has to the temple. And they get a, a kickback. Wow! Special place in hell for people like that. I'm sorry. You, 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 would, you would do that? I've seen it on TV. I've seen it on TV. People gigging you for money and stuff like that. It's, it's a horrific thing. People who are greedy of filthy lucre in the, in the pulpit. That's a, that's a horrible thing. It just is. And so we have, now when, um, right, right now, 
you know, the cost of living is going out. I don't tell you. You, you pump gas into your car. You, you buy groceries. Things are going out of control. What about the widow on the fixed income? I'm going to sit here on Facebook and, oh, you've got to send your $20 in and for your, your, your seed of faith gift and your... No, we want to. We want to help. We want to be godly. We want to love our neighbors ourselves. We don't want to take advantage of everybody, anybody. I think these people they didn't. They don't understand some stuff. God has a special place in His heart for the widow and for the orphan. I want us to have a special place in our heart. I know what that's going to look like. Wait for God to give us some. But if you're ahead of me on that, you tell me. And God's been talking to you. I, I will gladly receive that. Okay. It does, not everything in the world has to come through me. As a matter of fact, nothing has to come. I'm not a visionary. I, I depend on others. And sometimes they say something, it just strikes a chord. And I'm thinking, okay, this is what God wants. So you can share with me. But I know Scripture. And I know Scripture has, God has a special place in his heart for widows and orphans. There's no young, vital man who's after their interests, who's caring about them. You're, you're, a, you're, a, hus- you're a wife and you have a husband. My goodness. By the way, that's going to put you in the minority. I think 47% of America's adults are married now. You should not be that way. You got a, you got a guy who kills spiders and change light bulbs and whatnot all else, take the garbage to the dump or... Praise God. Praise God. A lot of your sisters would love to be in a situation like that, and they, they're not. A lot of children would love to be in a house with a, with a dad, and they got some part-time uncle comes and goes, and they see their dad every other weekend. It's broken, guys. We've got to fix it. We can't do everything. It doesn't mean we can't do anything, as we'll see in this next story. But you want to mess with widows? That's a bad idea. Verse 41. Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people kept... By the way, it's one of my favorite stories. You know that, right? This is my favorite vignettes in all of the Gospels. Just telling you. Jesus sat over against the treasury, means opposite the treasury, and he beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and how many that were rich, cast in much. And it came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. He called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast in the treasury. For all they did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Let's look at the, this widow. First of all, the reason she's there I think it's the same reason where Jesus crucified among, between one thief who says, hey, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What a blessing that would be to the heart of Jesus Christ. He's dying for the sins of mankind, and it's having its effect even right here, right now. Wouldn't that bless his heart? Wouldn't that thrill Jesus to the soul? Wouldn't this? Okay, he's gone up against the religious leaders, okay? He came in to Jerusalem and wept, okay? 
He saw a fig, fig tree that he cursed because no fruit. And then he went and cleansed the temple. Why? Sin. No fruit. And then he has, who do you think you are? Well, you tell me. The baptism of John, was it of men or was it, was it of God? They know the answer, but they wouldn't say. So he wouldn't say. If they didn't recognize it was from God, they wouldn't recognize his ministry either, would they? Because it come from the same place. Now the Pharisees and the Herodians are up. They're testing him. They're inspecting the lamb. They're looking for the spot of blemishes which is going to disqualify him for being our Passover lamb. Did they find it? <laughs> they did not. Listen, praise Almighty God, they did not. But they're looking pretty hard. Hey, uh, so they give him this inescapable dilemma that he escapes from because Jesus is so awesome. You know how it is. And uh, really, you guys, your heart is that hard, really. Because I think inspecting him is okay. They were told to inspect the lamb. They're trying to put dirt on him. Now the next group up is the Sadducees, and they come up with that ridiculous... I think the Panaceas, I think that's a legitimate question. But I don't think they're Sadducees. They're not legitimate. They're just like arrogant and silly. They're the contrivance they come up with. Well, this proves what? Nothing. They're trying to prove that there's no resurrection. And again, Jesus defeats them. And I'm sure Jesus is saying, really? Really, you guys? When he's saying you, you greatly err because you don't know the power of God and you don't know Scripture, I think he's saying that with a broken heart because he's a shepherd. I know what it is to be a shepherd. I don't love like Jesus loves, but I love. And I know when people don't take in Truth, it's like, ugh! You know in First John where it says, no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth? There's no greater angst, agita, stress than seeing the church of Jesus Christ not walk in the truth and take these things and lightly esteem them and set them aside. You would, you would imagine that. You're a parent. And when your children, you say, this is the way, walk in. And they say, thanks, Mom, thanks, Dad, but nah. <sighs> you understand. So he's seeing this all. Then the guy comes to the question, what's most important? I, I don't think Jesus is stressed out about him at all. But he goes off on them. Woe to you, you do this, you do this, you do this. I think it's a bad day for Jesus, by and large. And then this widow comes along, because God's good. Because God's gracious, I think Jesus needs this. this to remember, there's people who love the Lord. Listen, think about this, this lady here, right? Think about her, okay? How's the chapter start off? A certain man had uh, planted a vineyard. Is there fruit in her life? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I got a little bit of a cold here. Is there fruit in her life? Yeah. Is this parable of the vineyard against her? No. 
What happens next? Well, we get the Pharisees and Herodians. Is it lawful to pay to Caesar? She just gave to God the things that are God's. She gave it all. She didn't hold anything back. Was he preaching this sermon to her? No, she was already on board. Just think about that. Listen, in the resurrection, is she going to know her husband? She knows who belongs to her. This is not going to be mixed. She's not had seven brothers. She's a widow, okay? And she, she knew what she knew, and she was looking for the resurrection, I would guess. Now, when Jesus says, this is the most important commandment, love the Lord with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, is she on board? She gave everything. She gave everything. She's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, someone said that the, the pocketbook is the last thing to be sanctified of Christians. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I hate to think it is. I don't think it's true here. But I mean, she's like, I love the Lord. Pshh. Does she love him with the whole heart, mind, soul, and strength? I don't think there's any question of that. When he's going off on the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, oh, they love this, they love this. Is he speaking to her? No. She's the victim. She's the widow's house that was devoured by the scribes. Was it? I don't, I don't know. She's destitute. Maybe that, she's the actual victim of such a, a scam. I don't know. But here she is. We can all give. I've heard pastors say, oh, if you make under this much a year, don't give, because we'll be buying your baby's huggies and this and this and this. I would never rob anyone of the chance to give. There's no number. This lady takes away all our excuses. Um, it was easy to give when we were, to give sacrificially when we were a lot poorer. I don't know how else to say it. We were poor as church mice. We were poor at the, at the beginning when I first moved to Maine. It was easy to give sacrificially. Now it would be I mean, listen, you know, you get a baseball player, right? He's a Christian. He makes $20 million a year. God bless him. Uh, so he gives uh, $2 million a year. Poor guy has to live on $18 million. That's just not fair. That's just wrong. How can he possibly scrape by on... When you make a lot and you tithe, it's... It, it's not, you know, I mean, okay, you give $2 million. But I don't know, don't give it here. Jeff Bezos, listen to this. Take your tithe and do something else with it. I think money is very complicated and it complicates. No, I'm serious about that. Um, uh, the Megabucks was, no, it was Powerball. It was up to some obscene, huge, big, big number, monopoly money number, huge, right? And so some friends of mine I was visiting over the Mill and Jay said, when I was safety, I was going around here and there. And they said, you buying a Powerball ticket? And I'm like, no. I got enough. God's good to me. Well, you could give the money to me, they both said. I said, see? See? It's complicated now. If I don't give you guys the money, I didn't keep my word. What about my parents who will say, I gave birth to you. you. I know you better than John or Dickie know you. How come I ain't getting the money, Right? It's complicated. It complicates. I don't want 
Jeff Bezos' money or anybody's money coming here. I don't, because I don't want them to. Because one, if they're not righteous, the gifts of the wicked are an abomination. I don't want somebody to think they bought heaven. That's ridiculous. And I don't care how many zeros are on the check after the one or whatever. It doesn't matter. Don't want it. Don't need it. God's blessed us. We're doing fine. Don't, don't want the money of the unrighteous. Um, if you're a widow lady and you don't have much, yeah, we'll take whatever you want to give because God's in that. He's blessing that. You know, I was talking at, when Suze was running the ministry up in, uh, do you remember that? You had me get, uh, do the appeal, and this was my text. You remember that? Don't worry about her. God was worrying about her. She okay? By the way, think about the money earned her two farthings or two mites which make a farthing think about how much interest has been paid on that think about how many people have given over the millennia of church history based on this think of what she earned in blessing in crowns in staggering am i approaching anywhere near her stratosphere not even not even okay uh is she okay is she okay for the rest of her she didn't have anything. She gave it all. She didn't have anything left. And you've got to worry. You've got to take care of number one first, said Satan. So she's a young widow. She comes away and she walks around a corner and she bumps into this guy and he knocks her down, helps her up. Oh, I'm sorry, sister. And they get to talking and he says, listen, I'm going to the temple to worship, but afterwards, why don't we go to Jerusalem Starbucks and... and Things happen like things happen, and they lived happily ever after. And he was very wealthy. So you don't need to worry about her. God took care of her. Or she's a very old wit widow. She went back to her house after this all. She went home. She crossed the threshold and died. And God took her up to... I always get emotional when I talk about glory. Took her to heaven. She's fine. She's fine. One, you can't outgive God. Two, he, you think it's escaping his notice or something? You're giving or something? Really? Uh, no, I, I think we need more of this. Now, we're in such and such a place, and I say we, I'm not talking about me and Susan, I'm talking about we. It's hard to give to a place where we're uh, actually I mean, everything you give is kind of like an offering. It's kind of let you have less. Yeah, we get it. And now, if uh, things keep rolling out the way they're rolling out, any gift you give is going to be, ouch. Don't worry. Don't worry. i got to tell you something. God is, he's good. He's ridiculously good. Let's stand, let's pray. Part of this unctuousness here is I got a little bit of a cold. Part of it's because <laughs> I love the story. <laughs> you can't tell me what percentage because I can't tell me what percentage.
Let's pray. Lord, we don't want to walk away from stories like this and be unchanged. We don't want to be hearers. We don't want to check off a box. Yep, we did the uh, religious thing this morning. Lord, we want to love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. With our everything. We want to love you immensely all the time, forever. Bless us to this end. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. <laughs>